Okay. How do we end up talking about Ottawa? Uh, you. Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I just have a lot of feelings about Matt Duchesne. But anyway. Welcome back to Where's My Stick? Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. The response was fantastic, more than we could have hoped for. I'm one of your hosts, Kelsey. Oh. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm Christy. <laughs> and I'm Danielle. And for our second episode, we are going to talk about some more recent signings, as well as talk a little bit about the 2018 draftees and how they're coming along with their progression onto their big teams. Um, we're also going to get into some of the behind the scenes of hockey stuff, such as the difficulty that women face in getting involved in sports versus men, and how hockey is and isn't um, marketed to minority groups. So yeah, let's get started. First up, we have Ryan Ellis. I mean, good for Nashville. I, I kind of figured he would sign with them. I didn't really think that he would um, go to like go to free agency and test out the waters just because it seems like they just really don't do that. I mean, unless you're like John Tavares or something like that, but it's great term, like 6.2 per for the next eight years. And that doesn't start until after this season. So everyone's been saying that Nashville's GM is a wizard and I kind of agree with them because that's a really good contract. What also comes to play is the fact that they're so close to getting a Stanley cup and the players would want to stay together, but I, why they all signed for way below what they're worth. Ryan Johansson got way more money than he probably deserved, and all their defensemen are all getting paid below what they deserve. Like Roman Yossi is making like four million a year, but if that's what you need to build a team, I don't have a problem with it. There are other defensemen getting way overpaid, and Ryan Ellis is good. I will also say I did hear that he was hurt last season, so maybe some of that added into why his number was so low. Because mm. he did test out that next year of him actually being healthy and up a crazy amount of points so that when he does, when he's up for his next contract, he gets even more. So that could be something also to think about. Mm. But it's just crazy to me um, – also, just a side note, so that 2019-20, Nashville's paying their defense $25 million, and I'm pretty sure that's what the Pittsburgh Penguins are paying their defense right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Penguins are paying their defense actually more. <laughs> I'm going to look up the actual number, and, like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm I, laughing, but, like, inside I'm crying. I just I'm, like, I'm pretty sure it's more. I'm pretty sure it's, like, they're paying their defense, like, $27, $26 million. Yeah, it's 26, um, almost 27. Is that the most expensive in the league? It's like second one. Yeah, it's Carolina's the most expensive defense in the league. They're paying their defense 27.6 mil, and then Penguins are second. Wow, they're not known for the defense. Like Adam, <laughs> they're known for winning without good defense. So. Not without good, but it's a little questionable defense. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I love my boys, so yeah. <laughs> Nashville's just so good. They have such good, like, forwards, and then they have such good defense. I still don't, I don't know about their forwards. Maybe, like, Kevin Fiala, like, brings up the average, and, like, Philip Forsberg. 
I love Philip Forsberg, actually. I think that Kyle Torres is, is pretty good, too. Oh, yeah, Kyle Torres is good. Um, I'm not a fan. I feel like for Nashville, if they were doing that three-rate trade with Ottawa, why didn't they just get Matt Duchesne when he was just, he's better than Kyle Torres? Like, well, I mean, I know why, but, like, still, I feel like it should have just been between the Avs and Nashville. But it's like, why didn't Nashville want Matt Duchesne? Maybe because Matt Duchesne wanted to play playoff hockey. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about it. Poor Matt I thought, Duchesne. I thought, I thought, that's actually yeah, That's the last joke I made because he's actually like a really genuinely good guy. He's and so nice. I crap on him all the time. So. I've never met him, but I know he's really nice. He is a little bit older. He's 27. But in five years, I feel like the cap will have gone up so far that $6 million will be like nothing. Yeah. And they can trade him if they want a cup or something. Yeah, that's true. That... He doesn't have any... I don't think he has any um, no trade or no move clause. Nope, he's good. Like, he... Yeah. That was all around an, a home run of a sign. Like, I mean, last year he played 44 games and he had 32 points as a defenseman mm-hmm. on, in, in Nashville. That's, like, hard because, I mean, I don't believe he's running the first power play. That's Roman Yossi. So he's, like, putting up these points mostly in either on the second power play or isn't he isn't he Yossi's D partner? I think he is, but he's not on the first power play. Mm. Like for I mean for him to be thirty two points in forty four games, I yeah, would it's really good. Yeah. So I would assume he was on the first power play, but he's not. That's Yossi and then I believe it's him PK on the second. I've heard people say that the Predators might not be able to hold on to Yossi. Like, how sad is their captain? I know. Well, Shea Weber was their captain. I mean, he was just their captain. Like, he just got named their captain. I mean, but they're paying him $4 million. He's going to get a raise. Next year, he's due for Yeah, like, he has to. I mean, he doesn't have to, but... So I just like to really interject and say I was wrong, but PK's on the top power play unit, and then... Yossi and Ellis are on the second power play unit. So, so it's still a lot. Yeah. Power not, play. yeah. Still in the second power play unit. I just confuse Yossi and PK. The Predators power play is frustrating. But anyway, <laughs> enough with the Preds. Like, I, I don't even like them. Oh. I mean, they're fine, but I can't watch their games because the audience stresses me out so much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't live, watch their games enough to know. <laughs> I'm like over the the catfish thing. Like that was like yeah, the, yeah it was it was like, really gross. It was disgusting. And like those yeah. like, catfish, the catfish would be smushed. I mean, you could have eaten it instead of do that to it. Because now no one's gonna eat it, and now it's dead for nothing. You know, wasteful. It's environmentally yeah. unfriendly. And you know what, Nashville, you're cut. It no made way. me nervous because I think this past season they had like a live catfish that in an aquarium. Oh in their oh. arena and I was like I'm really concerned that a rowdy fan is just going to grab that catfish and yeah, throw it on not. the ice and then it was it was like die on him oh my yeah. gosh it's so traumatic it's like flopping on the ice like... <laughs> this is actually a really good transition into the Red Wings and their history of octopus throwing octopi and Dylan Larkin Dylan Larkin was signed like literally right and Holland literally listened to our last episode because they literally signed him for $6 million, which is what we said he would get. So, yeah. You're welcome, Ken Holland. <laughs> you're welcome. Not, not even you're welcome, Ken Holland. You're welcome, Red Wings fans. 
we helped you out with that one. Um, so in return, we would like you to get him to change his number to something <laughs> Maybe like seventeen. Uh, I mean, that's Brian Russ's number. He's making he's making his way to the league, so we'll um, change it to something else. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the Dylan Larkin contract I think is great. I mean, it's exactly what we thought. We talked kind of about it last episode, so it was just a matter of getting it done. I think getting it signed. Yeah. They got it done, which is good because, like, like I said before, he did say that he believes the contract is going to be done before training camp, and um, he was right. And did you guys see that Instagram story of him and Zach Warrenski and I think a couple of their college hockey friends at Lollapalooza? I did. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like, it literally hurts me to watch them. I was like, I could not. I, I was speechless after watching that because that like literally triggered me. And like, that's, I was, I loved it too much. Like, Zach out of control, like. On one hand, I loved it, but on the other, I got really bad secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just loved it, because, like, I've been there, done that, and, like, wow. <laughs> like, wow, you couldn't, I couldn't go to Lollapalooza this year. All right, then we are going to take a turn to the draftees and their signings. Yeah, so this was a topic that I was really into. Um, Cat Friendly posted after Brady Kachuk signed his entry-level deal with the Ottawa Senators. They tweeted out, the top six players in the 2018 draft have now been signed to a contract, and out of the top ten, eight have been signed. The two players have, who have yet to sign are Quinn Hughes from Vancouver, who was selected seventh overall, and Vitaly Kravstal from New York, who was ninth overall. I thought that was really interesting because I thought the draft was strong, but I don't think some of the players should be signing with their teams just yet, especially like just based off of where their teams are in their rebuild, like we talked about last um, episode, and also like the players' development. So yeah, I wanted to kind of know what you guys thought. I mean, for me, it was kind of obvious that Rasmus Dahlin and Vechnikov signed because the first and the second most likely will always sign their entry-level deals right away. I can see Diniemi from Montreal signing, but the one that just, like, really shook me to my core was Brady Kachuk. Like, me too. Why are you signing? <laughs> we just talked about the Senators last episode. <laughs> first of all, I mean, I don't even think that Brady should have went that high. I thought it would have been, like, around six or seven, maybe eight. They should have got Zadina if he was available, but... Yeah, and he was, because Zadina went... Um, Six, six, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Zadena signed as well. Colorado's Barrett Hayton signed, and he's a center, plays in the OHL. I would want to develop a little bit more because playing center in the NHL is, like, no joke. I mean, look at how much Dylan Strome's been brought up and down, like, his development kind of been stalled. I don't know how tall, like, what his build is, but, I mean... You have to be pretty big to be playing center in the NHL. I mean, wingers can be smaller. I think it's more appropriate for them. But GMs and coaches, they want like a big center because they're going to get knocked around easily. Looking at the list of players and looking at like the teams that they would, they would play for, I feel like with Brady, one reason to sign would be like, you can look at Ottawa's situation and they don't have a lot of good centers. 
So, like, with Brady, he can see it as, like, I'm going to get a chance to actually play in the NHL. He would be able to play against, like, top competition and actually, like, grow from that. Like, I think they should marinate in college or in juniors for a little bit and then sign. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not completely shocked that Tuchuk signed. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. I would have went to um, college just in case, like, in three years, they're still, like, Ottawa's still really bad and I don't want to play for them. That, like, I can still do um, college for a little bit. And then I think after a while, like, they become a free agent. Like, if they still do college and then they don't sign, they, they become a free agent, like, that's what I would do if I was him, but I guess he really wanted to play against his brother or something. I don't know. I wouldn't have signed. Well, how old was he? Because if he's already been in college. He's 18. Oh, okay. Let me double check that. A lot of the players that did sign, I feel like they're going to get a lot of chances to play in the NHL. Like Philip Zadina. Quinn Hughes probably is like, I'm going to go to college while Vancouver is a mess for a little bit. See, I was kind of surprised that Quinn Hughes didn't sign. Well, he wanted to go back and and win in college. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Quinn is definitely one of my favorites, especially out of the top ten. But I will say that Brady did have one one year in Boston University where he played 40 games. He got eight goals, 23 um, assists for 31 points. So he has been um, in college, one year of college. I don't know. I definitely can see what like what the incentive to play but like i mean for teams that know that they're not going to be good right now like ottawa you know you're not going to be good why not let your your top prospects the fact that they're not even just going to let them develop and then once they start to like get some cap space and like start to have some prospects and then using their entry-level contracts to like help build a good roster and it just seems like there's just so much toxic negativity in that organization why would you want to bring your fresh new prospect into that? One of the things I can think of is that they are sort of trying to build on maybe the hope that a good prospect would bring to like their fans and marketing the team and everything. But that's the only thing I can really think of. I definitely see that. And I mean, I can see the positives. I just, like I said, I'm so, I don't know when it happened, but I'm so soft for the 2018 uh, <laughs> draft class. And I'm like, no, stay. Like, I want you all to do well and to like, be happy in your perspective teams. And I just, with Ottawa, I'm just so nervous for Brady. One person I definitely did want to talk about was the draft. They drafted him 10th overall. It's Evan Brashard from Edmonton. So he's a defense, he's a defenseman. And we all know how bad Edmonton needs good defensemen. I mean, to them, an elite defenseman is Adam Larson, which is absolutely not true. Um, but he played in the OHL. And he got, in 67 games, he had 25 goals, 62 assists, and 87 points, which is outrageous for a defenseman. So he's obviously has skill, but it just seems like it's all offense. Like, right now, I just feel like defensemen need to develop and then go to the NHL. Who does Edmonton have? They have Adam Larson. They have Clef Baum. Yeah. And Darnell Nurse. And um, what's the other one? Sakara, but he's like the out indefinitely. So I feel like this kid, he's definitely gonna get a chance to play, whether or not that's good, and he's good enough to be in the NHL first. His first year is to be seen, but I haven't really seen these players um, actually play. But because I mean, looking at um, Bouchard, Bouchard's 
numbers. That's like incredibly impressive. But if he is lacking on the defensive side, then I don't know what they expect. Yeah. And like the thing with the OHL, it's very like offense driven, but in the NHL, you need to play defense. And I mean, I'm not trying to be like, you know, keep the league or the style of play boring. I'm all for scoring goals. I'm just, I just, for with defensemen, you still need to know how to defend. And I don't know if Edmonton can teach him that. I mean, they still have the nine game where they play, like if they play over nine games, they have to stay in the AHL, I believe. But if they stay, play less than nine games, they go back down to juniors. That, But it still burns a year off their entry level. So whatever these teams decide to do, I just think start signing their entry-level deals this early is like... Do you think Ottawa might be looking to kind of show off Brady Kachuk? Show off to their fans or show off to other teams? To other teams. They that should out of control, Kelsey. If they, <laughs> trade him, if they trade him one, I'll be happy. Oh, you mean show off to trade? What? I thought you meant like show off to be like dangling. Like, oh. oh, look at this prospect that we have. Like fun. <laughs> But to actually trade him, what? What's the point? They should have. If they were gonna do that, then they should have just given Colorado their pick this year. Okay, but act like Ottawa wouldn't do it. No, I'm. That's Kelsey. I'm like. I'm kind of shook. Like because now that's that's all I think. That's exactly what they're doing. They're gonna trade my son and to trade for Calgary. Oh my god! I would. Would I be a fan of Calgary? Like, no, you wouldn't. But. I, I don't, <laughs> Well, someone I did see someone say that uh, Matthew Kachuk seems like he's going to turn into a Tom Wilson type player, and so I had the. Yeah, I feel like he's a pest, but he hasn't intentionally hurt someone yet. Yeah, he's such an asshole on the ice, though. He's such an asshole. I mean, but he made Drew Doughty hate him his rookie year, so like I kind of respect it a little bit. <laughs> he's like literally the definition of a pest. Like he can actually put up numbers, and I wish he. We'll do that maybe a little bit more. Kelsey, I'm still like shocked. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, I put that evil out into the world. Oh, I to the pens. That's exactly what they're gonna do now. Like, I, that's for sure. Well, just fold the franchise, move on to Quebec or whatever other city wants a team, and just just start over. Anytime I hear about <laughs> Ottawa, I only want to know how it will benefit Eric Carlson. And yeah, so far, yeah. I'm not impressed. Thank you. That's how we should rate everything Ottawa does. But what if he actually stays? I would cry. It's like when you see someone and you're trying to help them, but like they won't help themselves. Yeah. That's what. That's how I would feel if Eric Carlson decided to stay in Ottawa. Well, any other? Does anybody want to touch on any other prospects? Any other teams? Do you know anything much about Vitaly Kravtsov? Just because he's the other one that didn't sign. So he was a center. And this is actually when I was looking up his stats, I was kind of like confused. So he was he played in the KHL, 35 games, and he had four goals, three assists for seven points in the KHL. Then he got sent down same year or, or got traded to the VHL. I'm not sure what that is, but he, in nine games, he had the same four goals, three assists for seven points, which I was so confused as to why he was picked so high when his points don't seem to be that enticing. The Rangers had three first round picks uh, in the 2018 draft, and they chose him with their first one. So I'm not sure. I don't know much about him. To me, his numbers didn't stand out. Maybe one of their scouts went to Russia, saw a couple games and was like, 
I like this kid. He has spunk or whatever. I feel bad that he's in New York um, only because Is New that York, right? um, not the best in some people's uh, opinion. <laughs> uh, and I would tend to agree with them. This is so rude. I'm getting attacked left and right on this episode. So you're, I don't know what's you're going on. Man? I mean, I'm not. <laughs> being with me. I'm not a ranger. But they have a lot of nice guys on their team. Hello, 911. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like I'm from New York. Like I ha- like I kind of have like the tiniest, tiniest of soft spots for them. Just like a little bit. But not really. But whatever. So speaking of scouting, North American Central Scouting got a new scout, the infamous dark guy from uh, Toronto, um, who I haven't thought about in a lot because it's not April 2017 anymore. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so he was um, offered a job with North American Scouting, and this caused a bit of an issue. Well, it didn't cause an issue, but I think it's symptomatic of an issue, which is that you know, it's so difficult for women to get jobs in sports, and then you have these jobs sort of just being handed out to sort of these personalities and these um, memes, I guess, as opposed to, you know, the women out there who are hustling every day to try and get their jobs, and it's not really happening. So before we start, I just want to say, this was actually a a listener's requested question. So, hi, Hannah, we're answering your question. Okay. I just want to say that. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. Thanks. He got, like, a radio show after his whole dark guy thing, and fans should be able to get jobs or whatever in the NHL, but I'm, like, baffled, because I'm just like, did Tony X get any, like, offers after he became, like, a fan, and he was on Twitter, like, learning about stuff, like, he could have had, like, a segment on TSN to be like, oh, explaining this hockey thing or whatever that he just learned. I feel like this and the other thing that we're going to talk about, it kind of goes hand in hand to be like, these are the people that's getting hired. He's supposed to look like a every fan. So like him getting hired is, is like shows who they're marketing towards. Like this type of guy that could drive all the way to DC, paint his face and, like, get on TV and get his own radio show compared to other people. When you look at the people who are on TV and the people who do get jobs in the NHL or working adjacent to the NHL, a lot of the Black guys that you see working, they used to be players. It's not like they came straight out of college and then they got a job with the NHL. Like, they used to be players and then that's how they got these jobs. And I feel like if they didn't have that, then they wouldn't have been you know hired and that's really sad especially when they're like hockey is for everyone but like who is everyone that you're trying to expand hockey to basically but I think it was one thing for him to like host a podcast where he was more of a fan but now he's become this legit scout and I don't know his background I don't know if he has a history in scouting I don't know anything about that but it's just you wouldn't I don't think you would ever see that happen for you know a minority or a woman or anything like that and it's just stressful I mean it's just hard it's frustrating I'm not at all surprised 
And I think that the people who are surprised are naive. I mean, just recently, I just went on like a rant on Twitter and was like, you know, I'm not a traditional fan of hockey. So I don't expect like hockey such a good old like an old boys club. And it's always going to be, in my opinion, catered to geared towards white men. And that's just so it's 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 easier for white men who aren't hockey players to get into the into the NHL or working for the NHL than it would be for a woman or a person of color. It's not shocking. Like white men have always had the upper hand and have always been the the ones to achieve things easier. So I'm not surprised at all. And like for it to like be this big thing, like to me just kind of seems like, I mean, I understand why like, you know, that uprising happened like people are like well why couldn't women do it or why is it so easy but that's just that that I don't know why you're surprised like you shouldn't be and like people who are are upset about people bringing this up why this is true like when you look at your analysts when you look at GMs when you look at um, coaches when you look at a coaching staff a training staff there it's it's predominantly white men and when you listen to podcasts or when you or the, the, the bigger name podcasts or the wider known, um, they're white men. It just it, it's not surprising. It's disheartening. Like you said, like it's like, oh, wow, like um, Tony X, like this could have happened for him. But yet it didn't. But like this dark guy that that was like a big thing two like playoffs ago, like it wasn't even this year that it happened. He now he's still like a big thing, but I also feel like it also plays. I don't want to skip this, but I, it feel it plays a role because it was Toronto. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I was thinking. Like, that. I mean, the league will do whatever to keep Toronto hyped up and relevant, and because so many people in Toronto watch hockey, and I mean, I don't know if that's just based off of like race or gender biases or if it's just like Toronto I don't know I I really don't know I mean I feel like there is but I don't have any proof because they did try to fly Tony X out to the war and if he would have actually went and like made the flight and stuff then who knows what he would have been doing now it is definitely it's 10 times a thousand times easier for white men to get into hockey and to get jobs in hockey than it is for white women people of color anyone i'm not annoyed in the sense that like i don't want to work for the nhl so i'm not (laughs) like jealous but i feel for all the girl all the women and all the men who fight every day to try to you know to put out even better content and still get nowhere but i do have i think it's kind of weird that like he's just like a crazy toronto fan like but why is he in like yeah like you said kelsey who's he scouting scouting why what i've heard they're not very good or like even really legitimate, but still, like it's the principle of the thing. Because like, that's the, um, scouting is like the doorway for yeah. a lot of people to get le- like legitimate jobs in the NHL. Like if you're a good scout, like you can get like yeah. um, like coaching jobs or whatever. I would have never listened anyway because it was the Leafs. So absolutely not. I know the people that I like on the Leafs uh, are good, so I don't need scouting to tell me. <laughs> Looking at that link that you sent about, like, the women who did get jobs, 
when you look at it, almost all of the all of the women jobs in the NHL were for marketing mm-hmm. or HR. And like that's not all women are good for to handle your little problems and to run your Twitter accounts. Like there are plenty of good women writers on Twitter. I just want to make a quick thing. Like the information that we're talking about, um, we can set we can uh, tweet out the link to it. But it's just um, data collected about women in the NHL. And that was cl- collected by Saski Stewart, who used to work for the lease. And it was um, compiled by at Sarah underscore Connors. And all this information was collected in 2014. So this all could be different. It could all be completely different. But th- we just wanted to gauge like how much, how many women are working in the, in, at the NHL and where. Because there was a new woman that was just hired for marketing um, earlier this year, I believe. Um, and she's a black woman. So. Oh, Kim Davis, I want to say her name is. And then you wonder why the NHL is such a mess. I found this really cool. She actually wrote her thesis on why women don't coach in the NHL. Um, her name is Dana Canis. She basically broke it down into three different areas. And she noted, like, economic opportunities because the NHL is such an old boys network. And prior to Title IV being created in um, the early, in 1972, there could be sex discrimination. So women didn't have to be paid as much as the men. So then women would go and try and get jobs somewhere else where they have great economic opportunity. And since then, it's become tradition for it to be all men coaches. And then negative perceptions as far as stereotype. Respondents in the survey that she sent out said that um, coaching was considered a male occupation and women were believed to lack good coaching qualities and that better male athletes were perceived to make better coaches. And then, of course, there are like locker room dynamics and then a lack of media support in the way that women are held to different standards from male counterparts. Um, And this reminded me of when Cassie Campbell was doing commentary for a Calgary Flames and her husband is the assistant GM and there was all that controversy even though people like Ray Ferraro, whose son Landon would play, and then Louis DeBrus would announce for Bruins games, didn't come under the same scrutiny. I just want to say that just because we're talking about women getting jobs in the NHL, we're not saying that women have to get jobs in the NHL, because I'm sure not all women actually do want to work for the NHL. I just feel like the door needs to be open, and I think what we're talking about is that the door has not been open for them like at all to work in any um, capacity that's not marketing or HR or anything like b- behind the scenes. And it absolutely hasn't been open for um, like trans people or non-binary people either. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would cry if there was like a trans person working in the NHL. That would just be such a huge step forward though. I mean, representation matters. That's a clear fact. Younger generations can see that and then believe that they could coach in the NHL or, you know, be a GM or anything like that. But I mean, I think that hockey is so stuck in his ways and it's so barbaric. Where has the growth in jobs for people of color and minorities? Like to me, it just, it just, there there hasn't. So, I mean, I don't think the NHL is doing anything to fix this and I definitely don't see anything changing anytime soon. I don't think they see it as a problem because the GM's offices and all that stuff and like upper management in the NHL, it reflects who the players are and it reflects who their audience is. So to them, they could just be like, it's not necessarily a problem because 
women don't watch hockey or minorities don't watch hockey, so they don't know about hockey to be a GM or to be a coach or to work in management where it's just like people are interested in things that they think are interested in them. So it's like if there were more minorities in hockey, you would see more minorities being coaches and GMs and stuff like that. But like since there isn't, then there isn't. I mean, just think about it. Like Kyle Dubas is what one of the youngest GMs and that's like a big thing. (laughs) <laughs> like oh my gosh she's too young to be a gm he's like he's like 32 they and they kind of make it seem like kyle dubas came up in such like a radical way when he really did a lot of the same things that other that's wild um other gms did like he just didn't play like, like, all he did was not play, and everyone's like, I don't know. I don't know if this guy can do it. Like, they're just like... Oh. And they're like, he's like a crazy stats guy, and it's just like, not really. Like, yeah, like, like no, not... He seems like he's just like that guy, but just younger. And I'm yeah. Just like, oh, no, he's so, he's so different. This is so new. Like, we all just need to calm down. So, okay. Yeah, I think that we were talking... Um, touching on our next topic a little bit during that and that um, is and this was another um, submitted question I don't know exactly who from Danielle do you know it's T it's just T thanks T they tweeted how the sport is marketed or not marketed towards minority groups did you know that NHL site is the only pro league site that doesn't have a Spanish translation section the NBA has links to watch the game in Spanish, but that's better than nothing. I knew it was a big deal when um, Vegas had a Spanish-speaking broadcast, and that was great and everything, but I didn't know that like even the website wasn't available in Spanish. But they have French in Canada, right? Yeah. But I feel like the NBA, well, not I don't know about all NBA teams, the Miami Heat, they have like a Spanish week where like their um their jerseys all in Spanish and then they like they speak Spanish and it's like a Spanish heritage thing. NHL they just it's just so white like and the only reason they have French translations is because half of the people in Canada speak French or whatever. But it's just like how much is that gonna cost you to have someone like translate like God forbid in Spanish? when a majority of your teams are in America. Especially the teams in Texas and California. But I just think that they're just so behind. When it first started, like, yeah, okay, French and English, because that's where your market was. But now you've grown the game to the point where it's in different cities where people may not speak English or their first language may be Spanish. So why not give that option to your viewers you would reach a a wider audience they always talk about growing the game and like going to china and like going to you know different overseas but it's like if you can actually grow the game like right where you have it to me that's just that just shows you how bad the marketing team actually is and i feel bad because we just talked about how women are part of the marketing team they only they only talk about minorities or like diversity during like you can play and it's always so, like, bad that it's, like, embarrassing. They toted out Willie O'Ree. Like, yeah. I, mean, they, I mean, that poor man traveled like he was an 82-game season. Like, he was at every ring. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
Smiling and smiling, taking pictures, you know, signing autographs, talking about, you know, all that. And, and he wasn't even the Hockey Hall of Fame. I mean, finally he got and he's getting inducted. But it's just like, I mean, he's done this for years. years. These, they only really talk about him during You Can Play. And then that's when they only, that's when they start interviewing, like, all the black players. And then that's when you'll see, like, a Players' Tribune where it's like, I don't... Because, like, I feel like everything that the NHL does is so disingenuous they're so transparent in what they're trying to do like with the going to china or whatever and how they're trying to grow the game in china and then having like random nhl players try chinese snacks or whatever instead of like you guys have actual players in the nhl of chinese descent like you can talk to them about their experience like trying to get into the NHL and how they got into hockey. And then I feel like doing that would be more genuine to actual, like, Asian people that you're trying to, like, draw in. Hockey was the last major sports league to break the color barrier. And then Willie O'Ree, he didn't even play for that long. And then the next, like, African-American guy to, or Afro-Canadian, I don't know, black guy to, like, play in the NHL, it wasn't until, like, the 70s. Yeah. And William replayed in, like, the 50s. And, like, the first black guy to win a cup, I'm pretty sure it was Grant Fuhrer with the Oilers. And it's just, it's insane. People of color, like, I don't want to lump up, don't want to lump everybody, but I'm just going to talk about black people specifically. But I feel like they can like hockey, but they didn't know that it was happening or... They they think hockey is like a white person sport, and I think especially with Tony X when he watched that game, that like it was a good exciting game, and all of a sudden he's like a hockey fan. But I just think that it's I don't know. I just feel like the NHL is so disingenuous and just like they don't see a problem, so they're not going to do anything. They're like in this little bubble. And I feel like the other sports leagues, like um, the NBA and the NFL, they they can try to be in their little bubble, but like it's harder for them to ignore because they have a lot of minority players compared to hockey, where hockey can just ignore it because a majority of the players are um, white, and like a lot of the black players are not going to say anything because one, they're they're the only one on their team, and they don't want to isolate themselves even further it's a mess it's annoying but it's a mess i don't know how i got involved in the sport but it's a mess i just always think about when that saturday night live sketch was really big and like the nhl was sharing it every broadcast network was sharing it and i was like that's not good that's like pointing out the issue right right yeah like Like, they don't know what they're doing like, Saturday Night Live was making fun of you, NHL. Right. That, like... The NHL, they get so excited when someone even, like, someone remotely popular even mentions them or goes to a game or whatever. Yeah, just, like, people, besides the hockey, like, besides hockey, like, people who didn't know hockey and saw that were like, yeah, that's exactly me. Like, what? Yeah. My sister sent it to me, and she was just like, what is this? I was yeah. just like, well, his name is Spinache, you know, he's really young, he's cute, he lives in New York, it's fine. But this is not a good thing. They're laughing at you, they're not laughing with you. 
just FYI. Even just purely from like a business standpoint, think of how much like money they're not getting. Yes, Kelsey, I was That's just... That's what I'm saying. It's crazy because like Gary Batman, the owners, they all just care about themselves and they don't care about their players. Like their players should be making... Like mm-hmm. the fact that Connor McDavid makes like what? Like 13 million, 12 million, 14 million? nothing in the yeah, NBA. Absolutely nothing compared to these major, these other like major league sports. Like... It's baffling that these players that they're like, like we're sitting there going through cap friendly, like, oh my gosh, Tom Wilson makes five million dollars. Like, to a, a to a professional athlete, that's nothing. That's like their tax deduction. Like, it's absolutely, <laughs> and it's just, it just shows you how like they don't like the 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 owners and the owners and Gary Bettman and like to me it just seems like the NHL as a whole does not care about growing the game. They just want to grow they're the owner's pockets and they're so short-sighted that they won't even think like oh if we expand out we'll get more people and that means bigger arenas that means maybe more uh more teams and more selling more merch goes having more um outdoor games like instead they just they're fine with keeping it small being fine with the cap going up two to three million per year like why wouldn't i mean an owner want the cap to go up so that they can either get better players and pay them more and be like hey we, carlson no problem you want to make 14 million at my on my team absolutely so that their team is like one of the top teams dominating why wouldn't they want that like it's like they're money hungry but their money's stupid because it's like duh you have to spend money to make money and like reaching a wider audience like i don't know why you don't want to do that Especially, like, Gary Bettman. I feel like he thinks that you can just plop a team in the middle of nowhere, USA, and then the people will come. Especially, I feel like, um, the the Coyotes. Like, what else is there to do in Arizona? Like, there's no reason why, I mean, no offense, there's no reason why <laughs> they can't fill up an arena at least, like, to some sort of capacity. But it's because, like, the people in Arizona, they don't know shit about hockey, and you're not trying to get into the community. Yeah, you're not, like, including them. Like, the only reason Austin Matthews plays hockey is because he went to a hockey game and he liked it. And it's just, like, you guys should be doing that. Like, more people will like hockey. Hockey is great. Hockey is fun. Whatever. More people will like hockey if you included it more. And I don't even know if, like, T is Hispanic. I, I don't know. But I can't even imagine being a Hispanic fan because it's, like, then you, it's, like, ten times worse like i mean i go to hockey games and like i i don't notice like if i'm the only black person there but like i mean i know for sure there aren't a lot of of black people there but like i the next time i go i'm gonna look and see if there's any hispanic people there because there's probably even less so like you're just excluding a whole like so many people because it's like if english is your is your second language and like you're trying to like understand what the announcer is saying and hockey's already a fast sport to to follow so you have to, like, think about it. You hear it. You have to translate English into Spanish to, like, understand what's happening, like, instantly. I mean, I'm not saying that people can't I do feel that. feel like... But, like, who's going to want to do that, like, when you could just, like you said, go to flip on football that is in Spanish or soccer or that is in Spanish? Or- yeah, I feel like Austin going to Toronto also kind of did him a disservice because, like, they have basically sheltered him. And I feel like maybe in other in other markets he could have embraced it more and be because I think Austin Matthews is a great opportunity to grow the game, 
Because I feel like PK being in Nashville, he does grow the game in Nashville to more people of color because he does like a bunch of stuff for them. But I, I also feel like that shouldn't rest on the players solely. But Austin is really unique. But him being that sheltered in Toronto is just like him being one of the boys instead of flaunting how unique he is. Yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know. I definitely, I, I see where you're coming from. I don't know if I necessarily agree. I, th- I always think it's hard because, like, with PK, being that person of color that has to speak out or be the spokesperson or be, like, the token person that's always thrusted out there is so hard. Stressful. Yeah, and sometimes, especially in hockey, I feel like they don't even want to see color because it's always thro- it's you're always reminded about it. So it's like, like, like example, Cliff Pooh, if they went over to Asia or China and, and like talk to him about like, oh, what's it like being an Asian Canadian playing hockey? Like he might feel like I'm not like this like toy that you just come out and around in Asia. And then I don't know for me, and this may be just like a bad way to look at it, but my race isn't the biggest part of me. If they brought out these like people of color and, like, just ask, like, what do you do for training? Like, and not even just, like, ask them about their their race or their religion or anything like that. It's just ask about how, oh, so you've worked super hard to get into the NHL. How did you do that? What are some things you do? What advice could you have? Just the same things that they, they ask the, the white guys. I see what you're saying. Ask but I also feel like... Never, they never ask them, like, well, how hard was it for you to get into the league? Like, not hard at all. But they <laughs> ask them, like, how, how, what's your training and stuff like that. Like, if that was kind of how it was, I would, I would feel more comfortable with it. Because I just feel like it's uncomfortable to be the token person of color. And, like, yeah. like with a camera in your face, like, oh, how was that? Like, I feel like it can be done where they can talk about race and stuff in the NHL. But I feel like coming from the NHL specifically, it would be completely disingenuous and it would make me really uncomfortable. But, like, I know Basil Camisa or whatever, I think that's his name, he did, like, a roundtable with, like, a bunch of different players of color and then they decided to talk about it. I would love that. But if it's just, like, some random white reporter and be like, talk about your base and how that impacted you. Yeah, I don't think I would like that very much. But I just know me personally, like, I'm Haitian, and every time I see a Haitian player, I automatically, like, adopt them. And I'm just like, can you speak Creole? What kind of Haitian food do you like? But that, but that's just me. But I can see how, like, if the player doesn't bring it up specifically, that can be really uncomfortable. I think it's more disingenuous for them to try to ban the game to China or whatever without looking back at Chinese players that they might have had in the NHL and acknowledging their struggles in the NHL and just being like, hey, let's go to China. Like, put Tyler Sagan on a plane to China or whatever. Oh, please don't. Yeah, that's the last thing I want to do. That's the last thing we need. Please do, because then I'll be, I'll, like, fly down there and be like, hey, you can only speak Chinese. You're in my locker room now, buddy. That's what I want to do. You're in my locker room now. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me, Tyler Sagan. We speak Chinese here. <laughs> I cannot believe he said that. And that's another thing with the NHL. How can they even begin to talk about race when they can't even handle 
players that are not from North America, they barely know what to do with, like, the Russians, the sweet, the sweetest. When the Penguins were like, we think this is how you say happy birthday, I was like, I was like, like are you insane? Yeah. Like, this guy has been on your team for how many years, and you don't know how to say happy birthday in Russian? A quick Google yeah, search. a quick Google translate. Or, or you don't do it in Russian if you don't know. You can say it in English. He understands English. It's fine. Hearing from Russian players who come to the U.S. and how lonely it is for them and how isolating it is for them. And, like, they could barely deal with, like, the xenophobia in the NHL. Like, the Lord knows what they're going to do with race and different religions. Like, oh, my God. It'll hold the, the sport. Like, do you remember when Trump did the whole, like, ban thing on, like, the seven countries? And they kept asking um, Nazem Kadri and Mika Zabinajad about, like, how this is affecting them. That was so inappropriate. I couldn't even... I felt, like, high just thinking so, about it. Like, and I'm not a Nazem Kadri fan, but I felt... Actually, I, I actually like him. Like, yeah. Mika Zabinajad was like, actually, I'm Swedish. Like, my passport is a Swedish passport. Luckily, I'm okay, but, like, other people in my family, like, it might affect them or whatever. But it's just, like, what if the player was, like, actually, I'm really struggling with it. I can't go to a game now. Yeah. What are you going to say? Oh, that sucks. It'll be like, oh, okay. And then the NHL, then you realize that player would never play again. And automatically, in two days, it would be traded to what team and then sent to the AHL. No, I mean, I definitely recognize all these struggles. And, I mean, that's something... Like, we were talking about how maybe Austin Matthews would be, like, a great ambassador of the game to, um, like, Hispanic populations. But he also grew up, like, in the system. So I don't know if, like, he'd want that. Especially when you have, like, Tyler Sagan's coming forward and being like, you know, you're in the NHL, speak English. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a very welcoming place for... I was just so excited when Austin Matthews got drafted, not gonna lie. Because oh, I was like, he's Latino, like, it'll be so yeah. I mean, I don't know what I thought, but Austin, he learned real quick that it's better to just, like... Go with it. Yeah, just fit in, I guess. Like, does he acknowledge his Hispanic background? He's not, like, waving, like, a Mexican flag everywhere he goes, but he, like, when he went to Switzerland, he was like, he had to bring his mom with him because his mom, like, had to cook for him because he couldn't do and like he had hot sauce with him all the time so yeah. like, he, knows. he knows he knows well see when i read that i was kind of just like eating hispanic food and like not being able to like handle like swedish foods or just not liking them isn't really like understanding and like it and like a part of your culture like the food is a big part don't get me wrong the food is a big part and food is a big part of culture to me just like they're like oh yeah he likes tamales i'm like okay like <laughs> it's like okay and tamales are delicious to me austin seems very like a hockey guy so it's like maybe that part to him yeah. is high deep down inside but he doesn't really i feel like that happens a lot with mixed children and i'm not gonna even get into all of that but i don't think he's ever like hid from it but i also don't think he's ever like look I was just saying that, like, even that story about, um, like, the hot sauce, I think that came, like, I think his mother told that story. I'm not sure if it's something that he himself has ever really, like, put forward. Um, for kind of good reason, because 
the Toronto fans and just like Austin Matthew fans in general can get real weird. Do they like fetishize him a lot? Yeah. Do they call him Poppy? <laughs> Do they call him Poppy? Yes. Because <laughs> like, like his mom calls him that, and that's like, yeah. yeah. Leave him alone. It can get really complicated. But I think the NHL doesn't know how to handle any of that. Oh no, not at all. One thing I found, um, I actually found something that the Swedish Hockey League is doing, and they have started really pushing for diversity in Sweden. Sweden has a large um, immigrant population, especially from the Middle East, um, like Pakistan and Syria, and they built a $5 million arena in one of the largest immigrant population cities in Gothenburg, and they sent out no strings attached invitations to like local families with young children to come and just try it out, like learn about hockey, try skating a little bit and see if they liked it. And what they also did was they made an effort to help the parents as well. When people immigrate, you know, they move into areas where they might not be able to speak the language or they might not feel comfortable yet. And they really made an effort to support the parents and the families and make sure that these people were um, really integrating themselves in the community and getting comfortable. And I think that that was a really interesting and really forward way to try to reach out and diversify your market a little bit. I think, I think that's great. And I think that's what a lot of these small market teams should do because parents are literally always looking for things to do for their kids. Kids have a lot of free time, especially during the summer. Like I know it would be expensive to, um, especially in like the hotter places to do the ice in the summer, but kids are not doing anything in the summer. The parents are always looking for things for kids to do that will be safe or whatever. And if they could, kids could like rent skates but I, I don't think the NHL has, like, the foresight to real like, I think they think that, like, the fans that they have now, these fans, they will eventually have kids, and then their kids will like hockey. I don't, like, I don't think they have the foresight to realize that they can get new fans in the U.S., like, right where you are. Like, the U.S. has 300 million people. There's no reason why less than a million people are watching like a hockey game that's on national television. I don't know. They just need to open up your mind, expand. They just need to step up and do something. And yeah, like you can start playing hockey when you're three years old. The kids have too much energy. Like that's exhausting. Like skate yourself till you're tired and then yeah, come back to me so you can nap. Like I don't know. Like parents would love that. But like you said, it's extremely expensive. But I think like if the NHL really wanted to to grow the game, they could put some programs in place that really help out. Especially teams like Arizona and the Panthers who don't spend to the cap. Yeah. All that extra cap money that you have that you're not spending. I know like I know it's not literally in like the GM's pocket that they could like literally just hand it out. But like you can use you could funnel that money into like marketing and expanding your reach in the area like there's no reason like what is there to do in Arizona like you can get people interested like people are always looking for things to be interested in all three of the California teams they're pretty popular why because they're usually good and they made it like kind of accessible to the local fans there Panthers games and Coyotes games, they're basically giving tickets away. 
because that's what they're doing at Islanders games. They're basically giving tickets away. A family who has nothing to do on, like, a Thursday night, they can spend, like, if the tickets are, like, $30 or less, because Islanders tickets get real, real cheap. They get, like, $9, like, or less. Like, you can go, like, a family can go to a game. Like, I feel like hockey has so much potential to be really big, but they're not utilizing it, and I'm left to suffer. And they make fans feel guilty that hockey is not more popular. And then, like, the type of fans that they do have, they want to keep. So, and a lot of their fans are, like, really conservative, like, white guys, and they want to keep these people as fans, and then they kind of cater everything in hockey to them. And it's just, like, they're, even though, like, they're your most abundant amount of fans, they're not your only kind of fans, mm-hmm. and it's just really frustrating. So you weren't excited for Kid Rock to play oh the All-Star God. game? I either muted the TV or turned it off when that happened. Was anybody excited for the All-Star game? <laughs> I mean, I kind of like watching the All-Star game. Like, it's cheesy, but, like, I kind of like it. I like it because I miss hockey, but, I mean, I'll watch it now. I don't know if I'll watch it. <laughs> In January? Yeah. I mean, a lot of players that I liked were there. And also, Matthew's doing his to Gucci Gang was pretty iconic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, he could, like, I don't know. Austin, mean Austin, I hate how much I like him. Because I know he's, like, I know he's not shit. I just, I just know it. But I don't know. I just hate how much I like him. It's annoying. I always get annoyed because I like him most when he's, like, being, like, super cocky yeah. and annoying. <laughs> and I don't think... I don't realize how big he is. Like, he is really big. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. Large. Yeah, he's large. (laughs) I think this is everything from us for this episode. Um, Thank you so much for listening. If you wanted to follow us online, we're on Twitter at Where'sMyStickP1. As always, if you have any suggestions for topics to talk about or um, just some feedback, always feel welcome to reach out to us. And we will see you in our next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.